Hey, this is Joel, and on today's episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast, something a little different. I'm actually out of town, and for the first time ever, we've got a substitute co-host that's going to be joining Travis Wright. I've asked my friend Michael O'Neill of the very popular and extremely wonderful Solopreneur Hour podcast to stand in. Michael has been getting into cryptocurrency just recently. In fact, I think he just made his first purchase. And many of you out there have all kinds of questions about crypto and Michael today is going to go down the rabbit hole with Travis as his guide. Look out, it could get messy and he's going to be the voice of the people. Uh, Michael, you're free to interrupt Travis whenever you want and ask all the questions you want. The format is going off the rails on this episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're mixing it up a little bit today. We are going down the rabbit hole. See, Joel Com, he is away. And while they are away, we will play. And we have with us today, the uh, as a guest host, we actually have a guest host. First time in the bad crypto history, we have a guest host, Mr. Michael O'Neill. How are you doing, Michael? Travis, I'm super psyched to be here. I'm I'm ready to dive down the rabbit hole. Oh, this is so great! And so, just so you guys know, Michael O'Neill, he is the he has his own podcast, as you can tell. He's got a great radio voice. It is Hi. the Solopreneur Hour, right? That uh, that launched what? That's back right. In August August 2013. Um, yeah, we just did um, our four year anniversary uh, last Wednesday, which was crazy. Congratulations! So I know you got over nine million downloads on that thing. It seems like a long time. Um, yeah, isn't that crazy? Think about four years. And, you're getting about two million downloads a year on average, right? Ballparking. That's that's pretty solid stuff, like there, brother. Yeah, it's good. Although I have to say that, uh, judging from the success of the Bad Crypto Podcast, you will be there in three months or so. We'll be tied. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll be, be tied. tied. Yeah, we're coming for you. We're coming for you, O'Neill. Better bring it. Uh, well, so so, so just. So everyone's informed. I am. I would say that I'm more like the listener than the host in this case. So I'm. I'm probably like two months into my crypto diving down the rabbit hole, and really it feels like such a rabbit hole. So I'm sort of just informed enough to to make all kinds of trouble and get myself in all kinds of issues, but but not so much that I'm ready to go like teach a class. But so I may be asking you, the guru, some questions on this show. Um, but there's a few things I've done that that I hope will help other people that are in my position because I think a lot of people are brand new to this world, as you've sound as you found out. There are a lot of folks just like you, and that was one of the reasons why we wanted to you know wanted to have you on as as the co-host because for one, you have your own show. You're very passionate about podcasting. You actually teach a, a workshop called Pod Mastery with John Lee Dumas, who also has a killer podcast. You also have a course called The Art of the Interview, um, .co. You can check that out. So you actually are actually teaching people how to be better interviewers. So you've, you've done some really cool stuff. You've interviewed some pretty phenomenal folks. And, and so uh, since you are also a newbie in the crypto world, we wanted to make sure to bring you on and start chatting because you know what? This is a complicated space, isn't it? 
It is. And I, and for someone like me that wasn't like I wasn't invest I wasn't an investment guy before anyway. So when I look at something like Crypto Watch, it looks completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. That whole that that screen which I've seen in, you know, movies like Wall Street. <laughs> you know, I look I look at that and I'm like, that looks really cool. I just don't know what it does. But you know how you have the, they have the three monitors going and they're seeing all the all the trends. It, to me, it's like looking at the matrix. And the thing so I'm for, learning. Yeah. So the thing for me is that you know I've always had I've always had a problem with with money because I know how the Federal Reserve works, right? I know that mm. they print that money from thin air. I know when the central bankers came into power back in 1913 when they created the Federal Reserve Bank. I've always had this psychological block about it. It's almost like, boy, I love money, but man, I sure hate money. I hate the way that it is, right? And and so for me, whenever starting understanding how how crypto worked and the blockchain worked and, and Bitcoin worked, you know, it's like, wow, so it's transparent and it's an open ledger and it's going to create this 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 way that decentralizes power takes it away from those centralized banks. Wow, this could be really fascinating. And so that's one of the reasons that, that pulled my chain. What is one of the reasons or how did you get so enthralled with this? What, what brought you to the space? I had bre- uh, breakfast with a buddy of mine who has been down the rabbit hole for a few months. And, you know, here are a couple things. I, I'm one of those guys. Well, I'll tell you the story in a second. But we sat at breakfast he told me the whole story, which was really intriguing to me. Like he really gave me the, you know, like the pizza delivery was the first mm. uh, monetized, you know, Bitcoin transaction. And he 10, told me the whole story 10,000 coins, Bitcoin, 10, 000, for, for, for $20 worth of pizza. Right. That's all. It's only worth a couple, <laughs> few million now. Um, yeah. And then, so when I learned about it, and I learned about the 21 million, and I learned, I, I saw where it was. And at the time, this was like, I want to say early July. So I think Bitcoin was at about 2,500 when we talked. I think Ethereum was 150-ish and Litecoin was, gosh, maybe in the 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. And I had all this money that was supposed to be coming in from one of my podcast sponsors. And I said, all right, I'm going to take like four grand and I'm going to invest it. And then that check got delayed five weeks. Oh, no. And you know what happened in that five weeks. Oh, to it the was moon. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that I had missed out on. And it was a nightmare because they had they had written the check to another Michael O'Neill. Because I'm <laughs> one of the most misspelled names in the world. Like I can literally be sitting with someone and they're like, your name? And I said, oh, Michael O'Neill, O apostrophe N-E-A-L. And I watched them write O-N-E-I-L. I'm like, we just talked about that. Mm-hmm. We literally, I just said it and you spelled it wrong. So they sent a, a check for Michael A. O'Neill, which I'm sure there's a million of them. Um, and so my bank rejected it. And then really? that started this like five week process of the biggest nightmare ever. And oh, I no. know As you're just I'm, watching these prices. I'm watching the prices up. go up oh, and I'm like, Ugh! so as soon as I could, I got in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, it was way, way later than it should have been. It was, I think, I think it was $7,000 late is what I calculate. Oh, no. So that was a bummer. Um, but super intrigued by it. I'm, um, I'm someone who's very, I guess, bullish is the right term, where Mm -hmm. we're at the very beginning of this still, because what I know is in my friend group, in my group of peers and colleagues and friends, the smartest section of them are all completely going crazy for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. 
So that tells me something. I don't need a lot more info other than that. Um, and then I look around and I see that the smartest people in the, you know, in the world, the Bill Gateses of the world are very bullish on crypto. So, so I said, you know what, this to me feels like something that, um, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the best money manager in the world. Um, but if I, if I've got a few, you know, a few dollars that I'm going to put in the bank, I'm like, let me put it in Bitcoin and see what happens. So I don't, I don't mind if it, if it all goes away tomorrow, because I'm not super attached to it. Um, but I think the upside is way higher right now than the downside. Let me ask you this. So yeah. how, how has your, your consumerism changed since you've been in, in crypto? Because I know, I've noticed a substantial amount of less of me purchasing things, right? I'm not going to Amazon and wasting money on shit that I would normally buy. I like, oh my God, that's like a Litecoin. Like I, we like, I was yes. having a conversation the other day. We want to go to this fancy restaurant. I'm sitting there going, why do we want to go spend $200 in this food when we could make a meal here? That's like, that's like a couple Monero. <laughs> I, I'm I'm 100% the same way. Uh, I just had something come into my PayPal account. I was like, ooh, I can buy like three Ethereum for that. You know, just just for that. So I was never I'm, like that. Like this is no. totally alien to me. Well, it's a little. It's probably an addiction in the in the wrong way. Someone should. Someone would tell us that's not a financially you know, uh, sound decision you're making to just sort of pile it all in there. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I still feel pretty good about it, you know, versus <laughs> just throwing it in my bank account or letting it sit in PayPal. Right. I, I can put it there and I don't, at least my gut tells me, I don't feel like I'm going to lose it all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, I, I don't know how many, like we're watching something today where, um, China once again sort of dealt a blow to Bitcoin. It dropped, you know, another 7% or whatever it was. But then it rebounded a couple hundred bucks right away. And I'm starting to see that the market, no matter what, seems like it's still viable, even if you get bad news. People are really believing in it. Yeah, well, the thing I look at this is like, you know, I mean, even since May, I mean, it, it, if we're looking at this on, what is it, April 30th, Bitcoin was $1,300, right? We right. are now in... We are now in September, and this thing has just taken this parabolic increase in value. I mean, if you're looking at the total market value of Bitcoin around that same time, I mean, we're talking about what it was maybe 20, 20 million, or excuse me, 20 billion in market cap. Now it's sitting at like 70 something billion in market cap. Like, so even if it goes down a little bit, like that's what it's done every other time. It sort of goes up and then it comes down a little bit and then it goes up and then, and then like it has these little plateaus, but then they, they always have little, uh, they always have these, uh, these spikes over time. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the market today because right now the market cap is right at about $150 billion. You just sort of touched on that a little bit where where China, a lot of people are maybe freaking out in China and they're, and they're taking their money out of, of crypto and, uh, and becoming more, more liquid right now, it looks like. And uh, that's fascinating. You know, it's so, it's so wild how one piece of news can fluctuate the market so much in this space, right? Yeah, it is, it is crazy. So they said that they're, they're planning on shutting down local Bitcoin exchanges. And then that made Bitcoin's price drop 7%. Uh, right away. And so that happened overnight when I when, when I was sleeping. But I came back, you know, I, I woke up and it, it had already gone back up a couple hundred bucks. So I think it dropped 
what was it, about five or $600? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it came back up a couple hundred bucks in that time. And so that, to me, is the resiliency of it right now, is that it's starting to really... It, it feels like it's codifying and turning into a real thing, even though it's been somewhat speculative over, I think, the last couple of years. I think the, really, the, really, the insiders have known this isn't going anywhere. But, you know, when you look at the news, you say, you know what, this is the local Bitcoin exchanges. They're not saying they're not going to use or embrace or, you know, pay attention to Bitcoin. It's just they're not the, the local Bitcoin exchanges, which isn't that what happened in New York? That absolutely. dude, the same thing, right? That, that absolutely happened in New York, right? So they, yeah. they started to regulate it. And now, you know, what was once the financial capital of the world, I mean, arguably, right? I would say that Wall Street is one of the biggest. You have Hong Kong. You have the city of London, which are major financial hubs in the world. And, you know, there's another article here that, that popped up about China, because I want to touch base on that, because it's really interesting how they're, they're moving the market so quickly. They, have, they make a decision. The world reacts. But then, as you notice, with, with Bitcoin being so resilient, it's coming back really quick, right? So here's an yeah. article that said uh, this is from this is actually from June, and it's uh, China becomes first country in the world to test a national cryptocurrency. So what's interesting to me is the same bank, Chinese China Central Bank, the, the People's Bank of China, they developed a prototype of a cryptocurrency that they're thinking it could end up in circulation in the near future. So what? What tells me that this happened in June. And so now they're cracking down on ICOs and people creating their own currencies. And now they're trying to crack down on the traditional digital currencies because it seems to me that they have potentially a, a cryptocurrency that they're created on their own waiting in the wings. And so they mm. wanted to see, hmm, look, there's been adoption in crypto. Well, that's great. Those people are getting rich, but we don't want to illuminate, you know, get rid of the, the, the yuan or the renminbi. The, the right. Renminbi. <laughs> right. I can't even pronounce that thing. That's why they, call, right. it, that's why they call it the yuan. Uh, I can't even say that, apparently. <laughs> but, Yen? Yeah. No, the, the, the yuan. Uh, y- the U- yuan. A, yeah. Yeah. Yuan. Yuan. Hey, Juan. Hey, Juan. Hey. Hey, Juan. Hey. Hello. We need Hello. more wands. We need to bring more wands over. Uh, for you, for the Bitcoin, please. <laughs> we need miners. Come over here, Juan. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that's interesting. What do you What do you think about that potential? I, I'm not sure if you've done any research on that, but that's to me, it's like wow, it's a little spidey senses tingling. Yeah, I'm, certainly they're they're clearing the path. I I I feel like right now on a country level, they're wondering a how are we going to tax this? How are we going to get our piece of this? And I think if they control the currency. They have an accounting of it, which, again, is sort of bringing this thing back to a centralized currency, which is a little weird. Um, but here's a question I have for you that's sort of a, a sidebar, but mm-hmm. has confused me since the very beginning. Why are there so many coins? Like, are they vying for position until one takes over? Like, I don't really understand the relationship of Bitcoin over Litecoin. I've heard that, like, one's the gold and one's the silver. Mm-hmm. But why would you use each? And what was the... I, I don't get that. I don't get why there's 400, like three main coins and 400 altcoins, and I just don't understand what they're supposed to do. Right. Actually, there are, I believe, 860 altcoins and, you know, another 400, 500 token assets, right? So, you know, that is a, that's a very good question. A lot of people have asked about that. Like, why? What is the difference? And I think that, you know, th- some of them, the way that they're set up, they are made for processing 
uh, you know, transactions a lot quicker. Like Bitcoin is the very slowest transaction speeds, right? right? So that's more of a store of wealth. Whenever it was created, Bitcoin was created as a store of wealth to be similar as as to be like digital gold. Right. And so whenever okay. they whenever they set that up and there's the 21 million of them, well, Litecoin is built on that same uh, Bitcoin blockchain protocol. Right. OK. And they just said, OK, well, we are going to be the silver. So there's about, you know, traditionally with gold versus silver for every ounce of gold, um, it, the price of silver traditionally, historically anyway, has been one thirteenth the price of gold traditionally. Okay. Now, that's, that's not the case now because there's so much manipulation with paper gold and paper silver. Like for every one physical ounce of gold, there is like 233 fake paper ounces of gold that's being sold. Right. Mm. So if you if we were to eliminate that manipulation of the of the, the, the metal markets, I mean, gold could conceivably be 200 times more expensive. Silver could be 500 times more expensive because the amount of physical gold to paper uh, silver or physical silver to paper silver is like 540 to one or something crazy. Right. So you, okay. have, all, you have all this manipulation. So, so Litecoin was set up to be the silver for gold and there's 800, there's 84 million Litecoin. Right. Well, but it's faster, way faster. If you're doing a transaction with Litecoin, bam, that, that transaction, it seems to happen way quicker than it does on, on Litecoin, but actually most every single currency out there trades faster than bitcoin now check this out i had a conversation with a dude who's based out of denver who is basically creating this point of sale solution for uh, people to use their their bitcoin or their cryptocurrency at, at point of sale within stores where basically and the problem is that, now you swipe your credit card right now or your debit card that transaction is approved almost instantly right 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 however if you look at your bank you see pending for about two days or so right before it actually that transfer actually happens Right. right. So there's which means that, that somebody has to somebody has to approve it and say, oh, we're going to give you our money mm -hmm. to, to for that transaction on the, the the notion that it is going to be approved at some point in the next 48 hours. Right. Yep. Right. And so except you, doesn't you Bitcoin take like eight days? No, no, it doesn't. It okay. actually it actually depending on I mean, it, it can take up to, you know, it depends on on the transaction fees. So the higher the transaction fees, the sooner those miners are willing to get it into the block. Oh, I see. Right. So right. that's why it's, there's, if it's a small transaction fee, that thing could sit there for a while. Right. Mm. So it depends on how fast. Now it's that exact same thing. Like if I want to send money from, I live in, I live in Kansas city. Where do you live? I'm in San Diego, San Diego. So if you, so if you want to send money, it's mostly going to go from, you know, San Diego to New York, to London, to Switzerland, to Hong Kong, to, to the Philippines, finally, right? And right. each one takes their own little portion. So this right here cuts out those middlemen and uh, makes it much faster transaction. Now, your other question of why are there so many coins? Well, one, I think a lot of these coins will go away. They're not going to succeed over time. And if you actually look at, if you sort those coins by, you know, how many of them have a million dollars worth of volume that are trading each day, right? The, okay. A, a lot of them aren't, right? But if you look at it, I mean, there's going to be a couple hundred that are. Right. And each one of those have different utilities and different use cases and they're solving different problems. So they're built on different blockchains. Some of them have their own blockchain. Right. Like Monero mm. is its own. Ethereum is its own blockchain. I believe Waves is its own platform. BitShares is its own platform. So there's a few of their own blockchain platforms and then other ones are built on top of those. And those 
those are those those dApps that you hear about, those decentralized apps that can be built onto those blockchains to add additional extensibility and utility to those particular those particular blockchains. And so, you know, that that those those coins are created because that is the incentive to, you know, get people to mine and to get people to verify those transactions and to and create this whole ecosystem where the currency is actually flowing through the whole uh, instead of, you know, way it is today when they can print out as many hundred dollar bills as they want at six cents a piece. And you have this one percent of the point zero zero one percent that's just holding lots of the gold and holding lots of the wealth. This is a way that allows that money to circulate a little better. And uh, in, in some accounts, they're saying, hey, you know, cryptocurrency could be the the uh, the source that uh, helps bring wealth to to most people instead of this economy where you know the rich get richer the poor get poorer and we all get hosed a little bit right so uh, a couple things on that number one uh is is there a particular website you like where you can because you said um uh you want to look at the the currency and then look at the volume that's trading do you like one that you can sort that way Uh, is there one that i do i like uh, i like the uh, the coin market cap that's my favorite place coinmarketcap.com so we talk okay. about that one almost every episode. And then okay, cool. I actually have a, um, an, an Excel spreadsheet um, that I use from Google Sheets. And uh, there's this little snippet of code that I put in uh, the, the uh, A1 column. And it pulls in all of the up-to-date stats for like the top 200 cryptocurrencies or whatever. Maybe it pulls all of them in. I, I don't recall. And then what I do is I copy that, put that over into another tab, and then I sort from there because uh, you know CoinMarketCap doesn't allow you to sort. But then I want to get rid of anyone that doesn't have a million dollars worth of day trading or maybe half a million, depending on what I'm trying to look for. And then I like to see how much did they move in the last day or the last seven days? Like how much how much you know volatility is it having? Isn't it growing? And why is it growing? Like, has there been news about it? Right. And so then I'll go and I'll check out their website. And then, you know, if I'm interested, I'll read their white paper or join their Slack group or their Telegram group and start learning about them, do some research on their team, see, figure out what exactly what problem they're solving, how great is their team. And uh, then I'll ask some questions and then um, maybe maybe I want to invest in them. Well, so um, I love that. That segues into something that the, a little strategy that I came up with. But I have one more question. Um, the, so part of the maybe the long term strategy is if Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the, the gold. Does it make sense then to, you know, once you've once you've done what you're going to do, let, let's say you profit from a, a smaller Bitcoin and maybe a blockchain that's not quite as secure. Is that maybe part of the. Whereas Bitcoins is really super secure, which is why it takes a lot longer. Um, and you can correct me on that if you want to. But let's say I profit from that. Does it make sense then to to funnel at least some of that money into that sort of long-term storage that is Bitcoin well, strategically? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. And again, you know, we're not financial advisors. We, right. you know, we're, just, we're trying to figure this thing out with, with, with the rest of the audience. And I think, I think with any, you know, financial investment, it makes sense to sort of hedge your bets a little bit and be like, all right, right. these are sort of my long holds. These are ones that I'm going to play around with. A certain percentage I'm going to keep in Bitcoin and Ethereum and uh, Litecoin because these are the main ones. I would also include Monero in that due to the fact that it is so 
the, the privacy elements of that, I think are going to become a very key thing down the road. So you want to keep a little bit in, in the main ones that you think are the main ones, which ones have the biggest long-term, which ones have the, the, the biggest short-term possible gains, right? Pay attention. I think, you know, when you get in and start doing research on these, the upcoming ones where you, you, you participate in the ICOs and you actually use Ethereum to buy some of their coins before they make it to the exchanges, that's where you get the, short, the, the smallest prices. But that's also mm. a big gambling game because you don't know how well they're going to do. Uh, right. Because we don't have a crystal ball. However, it's like, oh, man, this is a really great team. These guys are doing some really cool stuff, solving a really cool problem, and they're on it. Wow, the white paper looks great. They look legit. All right, I'll put a couple Ethereum in that, and then you get X amount of tokens. Then once those tokens make it into the uh, into the exchange, sometimes they go up pretty substantially. And uh, those are those are how you get the big wins, I think. Mm. So probably you want to have, here's my long-term holds with the main – cryptocurrencies here's a percentage of the ones that i like to watch on the, the the exchanges and then here are some upcoming ones some icos that i maybe want to participate in i love it i and i, I guess ethereum is the like that's what you like to use for your sort of working capital. Well, most of most of those ICOs, you have to use Ethereum to buy into okay. those ICOs. So I, I actually look at Ethereum as a an asset to buy into those in, those other investments. So have oh, some have some Ethereum sitting over here. Be like, oh man, this one's badass. I want to invest some cash into this one. You know, use some Ethereum. Get in that. You get those good prices and. Uh, and then when we vet them, if they're really good, then those are ones that we may even want to have on the show, right? Because if, if we vetted them, we're going through a process where we're vetting these these uh, these ICOs uh, to the point where I'm like, man, if I would if I'm willing to invest money in them, then I'm I believe that the team is good, the technology is good, and they're solving a unique problem. Then that's that's one that might even that we may want to even have on the show. That's really cool. Okay, that's good. That's helpful. Can I? Um can yeah, I hear share? about your process. You have a, a unique yeah. process that you've been doing. I think that uh, that the, uh, the the listeners would love to hear how you're thinking about this. I wonder if I can – can I screen share with you on this? I think I can, right? You can screen I think, share, by the, but the fans aren't going to see this because this is audio. I, I know, but I think you it would be cool if you saw it because then you could – here, I'm going to do this right now because then you can see sort of how I, I did this. Perfect. Um, and let me know when you can see it. I can see so, it. Okay, great. So – what you're seeing right now is I have a, a um, an app called Evernote on my computer. Love and me some Evernote. Love me some Evernote, and it's on all my digital devices. All my uh, I've got an iPhone and an iPad and, and my computer. And what I did was I documented my journey into cryptocurrency. So I had a conversation with my friend that day, or maybe the next morning. I created this one new Evernote note, which was just called cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And I started walking down, or I started writing down rather, anything that I did that was related to cryptocurrency because I figured it would come in handy and here it is coming in handy, uh, you know, a couple months later. So the first thing I did when I got into this was I created a unique Gmail account just for anything related to cryptocurrency. So I did that because I knew I was going to be setting up a ton of accounts. You know, if I'm going to get a Coinbase account and Bittrex and all these things, I wanted that to be in its own little ecosystem instead of being integrated in with my regular, mm -hmm. you know, email address. So 
I started looking at that. And then, of course, my entrepreneurial brain started moving around. So I got different domain names and things like that in case I wanted to start a podcast. Um, but anytime anybody would um, recommend an article or something like that, I would paste the article into this document so that if I wanted to go back and read a little bit about whatever, um, I had it all in one spot. That's great. Let me, so let me pause it. you right there because yeah. I, I love that. And that's one of the main reasons why we recently set up the Flipboard uh, to, to uh, curate content. So there's actually a great resource for everyone who is listening. If you go to badco.in forward slash flip, what you're going to see is you're going to see a, the Bad Crypto Research Repository where what Joel and I do is we add, uh, we add those articles, just like those ones that you're looking at right there uh, that you just stored in your, in your, um, uh, in your Evernote. Those are, those are great. So basically throw those into, throw those into Flipboard, and then you're going to be able to uh, actually flip through and read all the news as we're reading through it. And it, it works great on mobile, works great on Android, works great on iOS, your iPad. It even actually works great on your desktops. You can actually scroll through and see the news that we're researching to figure out which ones uh, might make it to the, to the next episode. It is really, really cool. I, I, you just turned me on to Flipboard, which I saw years ago, but I haven't used. And now that I see it again, I'm like, oh, this is oh, the yeah. perfect This is the perfect research tool. They made tool. some major enhancements to that tool, and so it's so great. Like, literally, I've been, I've been, you know, Joel's been gone, so I've been looking through all the news and adding stuff to uh, that pretty substantially. So when you and I jumped on the call, I was like, all right, well, let's go ahead and look and see which of these news articles look most interesting for us to chat about in this episode. Right. And it, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy to wake up, which sort of leads me into this this other strategy that I did, which mm -hmm. was as part of my um, Gmail account. You know, when you get a, a new Gmail account or a new Google account, it gives you access to, you know, um, Google Drive. It gives you Google Documents. But one of the things it does is Google Alerts. Yes. And so what I did is for my my G, my new Gmail account and you can make it anything you want that you guys will remember. But I set up Google Alerts for um, Litecoin, Bitcoin, and Ethereum. So anytime those things are mentioned out in the World Wide Web, they will, I will be alerted to it. And I actually set it to as it happens. So you have an option where you can do it like once a day and you can get a bunch of alerts for one particular thing. And it's typically a keyword. So those three keywords were the ones I used. But I actually set it up for I want to know as it happens, because if I'm investing in this, if there's a story that comes out like China, for instance, I know that something's going to happen. If that if that um, story comes out and it's like, oh, you know, X country bans all Bitcoin or whatever, I might have a buy or sell decision to make. And if I wait hours, the, the industry is going to be in major flux. So I'm going to want to get ahead of that stuff, which is why I set up alerts for all three of these things. So that's just a little strategy that I think, you know, maybe it'll come in handy for some. Right on. And then maybe if you're like, oh, I'm, I want to research NEO, I think NEO exactly. might be a good one. And so then you set up a new alert for NEO and then when new news pops in for that, then you are on the head of the game. Now, actually, I have set up a few Google alerts, but I have them pop and populate into me daily once a day instead of real time, which it's probably a better approach to do it the way you're doing it because there's a couple of instances where I found news that has been relevant that if I had gotten it sooner, I could have profited way more. Right. I think it really matters when you're talking about 
maybe not the big three, but some of these altcoins that are that are, you know, point zero 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 seven cents. And then there's, there's a new story goes up and all of a sudden they're 10 cents, you know, and you went, you're like, wow, that was a gigantic jump. That's too late now. Right. Like I missed that spot. And so you're exactly right. If you if you're looking at Neo or any of the smaller ones, um, I think it's perfect. And I haven't delved into those yet. So I'm, I'm still getting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I have this whole thing in news. Uh, I have this one, you know, uh, Evernote and and I even listed out what, um, you know, any time that I bought any cryptocurrency, I, I time stamped it and I just put the, the current trading value on it just in case. And I also use an app on my phone called, uh, and you, maybe you have a better one than I'm using, but I'm using something called Blockfolio. Yes. Um, we've, where, mentioned that, we've mentioned that on the show a few times. Absolutely. Okay. Where I just have my, my, you know, I can click on it and then I see what my current complete trading value is, my whole portfolio value in one quick glance, which is really cool. Right on. And you mentioned that you are, you have a, a Trezor wallet. You got one of those. Uh, yeah. How's that working yeah, I, for you? I just did it the other day, and um, it was pretty easy to set up overall, but then it was a little confusing. Like, I was confused once I did it of how to actually move my money from um, uh, from Coinbase to the Trezor wallet. There, mm -hmm. It wasn't totally clear, so I had to jump on YouTube, which is everyone's teacher. Um, just like, you know, when you sit down and eat food, Instagram eats first. Um, the, uh, <laughs> in, in, uh, in this world for me, YouTube goes first. So I just wanted to make sure that I was right about it. Cause I was like, I don't want to lose all my money. Right. So I, I figured this thing out. Um, now did you, it did you do like a small transaction first? You're I like, did. Smart, yeah. smart. That's what you always want to do. Like we've gotten some, we've gotten some messages from some people where they're like, Oh, I tried to set up this and did this and sent over all my money. And then it, I don't know where it is. And. It's like, you, got, ah. you know, like, well, that's a challenge and that sucks, bro. Uh, Want to make sure that you send just a small amount and test it yes. to make sure that it works. Once you ensure that it worked, you're like, all right. Especially like when you're first trying to, to make transactions. So, you know, a lot of our listeners, they'll get on Coinbase. They'll get themselves some Bitcoin or some Litecoin or Ethereum. Now they're comfortable with that. And then they're like, okay, what's that next step, right? How do I get it over? How am I able to buy some of these altcoins, right? You're like, oh, well, you're going to want to go over to, you're going to want to transfer some money over to Bitrix or Poloniex or Kraken. You're going to want to get on an exchange. So you want to transfer a little bit of that over. That way, then what you can do is, well, a lot of those are going to be from, you got to buy those coins with Bitcoin. So if you have Ethereum or Litecoin, a lot of times there's not an atomic swap between those where you're able mm. just to buy those. Like, like you can't use Litecoin to buy NEO, right? You have to sell your Litecoin to Bitcoin and then buy the NEO with your Bitcoin, right? So there's a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a sort of a comfort zone that you have to be comfortable with to do that. And now, then you get to the point where you're like, all right, boom, boom, sell, boom, this, bop, bop. But at first, it's very, you're very apprehensive. I mean, I've had some amazing conversations with people who are super smart, and they're like, oh, my God, I know I need to buy some Bitcoin. But it's like, quite frankly, it's a little overwhelming. It's a little weird. <laughs> it is a little weird. I, the, the, what I came up with, though, the part that was confusing for me was I'm like, all right, so I, I know I have this money on Coinbase. I have, I can see it. There it is on Coinbase. I've got XXX, right? And then I've got this thing I'm holding in my hand. Well, it's plugged into my computer. And I'm like, what do I do with this? So I realized that you just have to – I clicked receive. So I have to basically receive the money into my wallet, uh, which obviously makes sense when you say it out loud. And it gave me a, a code, right? It gives you a big, long string of numbers. But it also gives you a um, – 
uh, at least on the, the send side, it gives you a like a barcode. It's a QR code. Mm-hmm. And I, at the, I could literally just take my phone and scan the QR code and everything was ready to go. One thing that I was advised on and I wouldn't have thought of otherwise other than doing the like one cent transfer. I think it was actually like four dollars and eighty seven cents or whatever was um, to double check the first three characters and the last three characters and make sure that they're the same on either end. Mm -hmm. Meaning like when you if you're in, let's say you scan your your QR code and this is the receive QR code, right? You scan it. Now Coinbase says, all right, I'm going to send whatever you're telling me over to this this string of numbers, this QR code, you got to make sure that that matches your Trezor or whatever. And just double check that the first three characters are correct on each side and the last three characters are correct. Because if they are, then you know the whole string is, is okay. So it that's, was, that's, great, was saying, that's great advice right there. And, and a little nerve wracking. Yeah. And you know, what, what, what is kind of funny to me was that, you know, there's a lot of people who, who hate on QR codes and like, oh, QR codes suck. We'll never, and then cryptocurrency is the one thing that is making QR codes become more mainstream because who wants I, ooh, to type? I don't want those? to type it. Yeah, I don't want to type that stuff out there. Those, those those codes are crazy. There is definitely going to be like I made a vow that I'm never going to try to type one of those long strings. Mm -hmm. Like because human error is almost like I would probably have to check it ten times before I had I had submit oh, if I was really good. What but I'll do still is I'll, I'll highlight it. And then I'll put it in a Facebook message to myself, and then I get it. Then I get it on that device that I need. And I'll just copy it and then send it on over because that's a public key, right. so it's not a private key. You would never want to do that with a right. private key. Actually, one of the things that I do with my private keys, which I think is is unique, I've not heard anybody else do it. It's something that I came up with on my own because I store all of my private keys on a on a on a document on a document. Right? It's basically a text document, but I have a system in place. And for the sake of this example, I'll say this: is that you know. Uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll take the the last character, or or the third character from the last one. I have a system, and then I'll take that code and then I'll swap it with another one, right? So maybe right. I'll swap the thirteenth one and the third right. one, and those will be swapped. And then actually, then depending on which one it is, I might actually move that one up or down a couple. So maybe I'm I'm swapping a one and a and a Z, but there's three and thirteen. I'm swapping those. And then what I do is it's a it's a three it's a it's a one and a and a Z or whatever so I might move it up to a three and then move it down to a W or something right right, Where there's right, a, right so there's right. a system that I have that I know that I'll never tell anyone because it's totally different than what I just gave you that example but it's similar to that which I think that would be sure almost impossible is. to crack right. yeah how are, how are you gonna it's be able your to own code one to crack it's my own code that I've created yeah. and those those long encrypted numbers are so challenging but I'm I'm thinking you know. I sort of do the same thing when I when I do passwords. Is like I'll have my main basic password, and then I have my own little spin that I do for the end of each password. So every password that I use is different, right? Mm. So I, I worked at Semantic. I was the global digital strategist for Semantic ah, for a couple of years. Okay. And so I'm I'm always thinking. I, I you got to think like these criminals that are trying to steal your money. You want right. to make sure you have your you know two factor authentication on. 
You want to make sure that your password is not the same password you use anywhere else. Like if I log into Coinbase, that password is not a password I use anywhere else, right? So there's no okay. way that somebody's going to be able to hack my Gmail and then try to figure out what my Coinbase password is. And then my my uh, Kraken password, totally different than my, um, you know, than my Coinbase password. Do not use hmm. your same passwords. Make up a system in your own mind, or maybe it's a phrase that you add to the end of a, of a, of a, of a or maybe it's your password is a So you want to make sure to use characters like the ampersand and the, and the, you know, the asterisks and, you know, slashes and exclamation points and numbers and capital letters and lowercase letters. And you basically make yourself one password that you like to use a lot. And then at the end of each one, you just change the ending based on whatever platform that you're on. Right. Just don't forget it yourself. <laughs> just don't forget it yourself. And I yeah. have a system in place that I won't forget that. Now, one thing that's interesting to me that, you know, is like, what happens when you pass away? Like, I'm being so encrypted with all of my digital currencies. If I died in a car right. wreck on the way home, how is my family going to be able to get access to all of that? So there's, yeah. a, there's a challenge, I guess, for somebody to try to figure <laughs> out. Do you? So that's a good question, actually. So with the Trezor wallet, you get um, a couple of kind of cardboard uh, sheets and that's what they call your recovery seed. Mm -hmm. And it is, they are literally the most important parts of the, this storage because you can lose the wallet. Uh, if you, you know, if something happens and you lose this little piece of digital, uh, it looks like a USB flash drive kind of. Uh, but man, if you lose these little pieces of paper that have your recovery seed, you're hosed. Like right. that is the end of your deal. So what do you do with them? Do you like my inclination was I was going to uh, put them in a like a sealed plastic bag and take them to a safety deposit box. And that's where they were going to live. But mm -hmm. but what, what do you I don't know. What is there best practices for how to keep a hardware wallet and or your recovery code? Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's it's sort of one of the things, the same things that I do would then is I would just I would take those probably type them into my Evernote in a certain order, but have a system where I'm changing the order of them, actually. Right, mm. potentially. You know, they tell you never to put anything online. Well, they tell you not to, right? So yeah. then, in that case, it's like imagine it's a stack of hundred dollar bills. What do you? What would you do with it? Right? You don't want to lose your stack of hundred dollar bills, so you put yeah. them someplace valuable. You put them in a safe. You put them in the safe deposit box. That's what you do. Me, I'll do that, and then. But sometimes I might, you know, depending on on how much uh, value that I have in that, or what kind of accessibility. Like I would know that if the word is green, then I know that any time the word is green, that I, I would I've changed that to a different color or something. Right. I, I would switch them around, and I, but I would have my own process in place that would be convoluted to other people. But just the way that my mind is wired and works, uh, I would know it. But then you know, if I passed away, I don't know. My kids would not know how to get into it. So that's that's right. the one challenge I find with crypto is that what happens when uh, when people start passing away? How do you? How do you, you know, uh, inherit them in when they're in such an interesting and encrypted way? So, right. Well, I mean, it makes sense then maybe to do legitimately to do a safety deposit box because I know your next of kin have access to that. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you would have to be if you have a will or something, it would have to be uh, in there somewhere. Maybe, Otherwise, maybe it's what just I'll do is I will encrypt the will with my passwords. <laughs> That's right. Throughout the will, like every third word, the second letter and every third word or something. That's right. <laughs> good, good stuff. So we are coming up near the end of our time. So Jeez. Uh, man, time flies. How long, how long are your podcasts typically? Uh, mine are an hour. So the show is the solopreneur hour. Mm -hmm. Although I just banged out a one forty five or the other day we did, um, we did the, uh, we did our uh, internet marketing fantasy draft. So, mm. 
if the the top internet marketers at certain positions of you know like who's the best copywriter who's the best video person who's the best nice. so we did our like dream fantasy draft on that and that oh, took like nice. 145 that's good so what um, round what round did i get drafted in uh you, oh, you were, were undrafted you were undrafted free agent free agent <laughs> undrafted uh, free agent very yeah. good by the way Congratulations to your home Kansas City Chiefs for the one of the biggest upsets in uh, football history last night. And, and, and I know history. you're paying a lot of I know you're a lot paying a lot of attention, but they went into uh, they went into Gillette Stadium and, and at the Patriot and they whooped on the Patriots. I tell you, uh, I, I was at the playoff Panthers. game in 2015, uh, and that was the worst sports experience of my life. Leaving that stadium as a loser, wearing my mm. hometown jersey. Yeah, it was like I can imagine it was like walking through Dante's uh, Inferno, uh, seven layers of hell, you know, and actually the loss, I, the loss to the Steelers last year in the, in the playoffs, that wasn't nearly as bad because I mean, the, so I'm surrounded by all these Patriots fans. They are ecstatic that they won. They are rude. There's a reason they call them mass holes. Really that's is. right. That's, they, that's right. I but I was got, in the I almost stadium. Got seven fights, and like I got, oh. I got two episodes where beer got thrown on me, and I just had my head down. I was just walking. People were just right. It was just crazy. Yeah, I was in the stadium for uh, the Steelers' loss. I was in Gillette Stadium for the AFC Championship loss last year, and that was no bueno. No bueno. So Bell anyway, pretty solid though. So uh, good stuff. Do you have any other good any year. other words of wisdom for any of the of the the fine folks out there that are listening and and where can people connect with you on the intertubes? So this is super this is a super exciting time I think that we're in right now and and I am it to me it feels like one of the you know dot com or real estate booms but way more accessible to everybody. So if you are you know yeah, should I get into this? Should I not get into this? It's not a big deal to jump in and grab, you know, a, I know you guys, I have my own URL for Coinbase. I know you guys do as well. Mm -hmm. um, spend a hundred bucks. And, you know, I'll tell you, I did that when I first found out about it. I put a hundred bucks into um, Litecoin just because I was like, I want to, I want to play. I want to be part of this. That hundred bucks is worth like $190 today. You know, it was so cool. And it was a month ago or six weeks ago that this happened. So really, really cool, really exciting. So the, I think the best thing we can do is just research the heck out of it. Know why it exists. You know, there's that great documentary on Netflix that, that I think we both talked about. Um, you've seen that one, right? Yeah, the, the Bitcoin? Yeah. 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 And so I'm, I know you guys have talked about it. So, but, so definitely watch that and learn about it. And I just think it's super exciting. Um, and the second question, I'm at Solo Hour, S-O-L-O-H-O-U-R, on all of these socials. Excellent. Michael O'Neill, it's been a pleasure chatting and going down the rabbit hole with you, good sir. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been so much fun, man. I, I can't wait to come back and, and uh, hopefully give a follow-up and, and when I'm a little more, a little less green. There on you this. go. But maybe I, but maybe I have a little more green. Oh snap! Oh, maybe so. You know what's great about this is every once in a while, Joel and I, you know, Joel and I, we travel all over, and uh, so it's good to have a substitute co-host to be able to join in and uh, and pick up the flag and roll with it. So we really appreciate you taking your time and uh, connecting with us here today on the Bad Crypto Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. All right, everyone out there, you know the deal. Stay bad. Who's bad?